Hello, and welcome to Mr. America, The Bearded Truth, covering political and social issues one liberty at a time, with entertaining insights of current events and important discussions on topics that affect us all, shining the torch of liberty and brightening the future by bringing libertarianism into our everyday life. And now, your host, the friendly neighborhood libertarian, Jason Lyon, Mr. America, The Bearded Truth on Muddied Waters Media. Holy smokes, everybody. Welcome in. It's a beautiful, beautiful, amazing Monday night. We're actually live on time. Can we just, can we talk about how this might be the first time since I came back that we've gone live at the right time? Like that's, it's amazing. It's unheard of. And, and yet here we are. And so I'm so glad that you guys have taken the time out of your day to join us. I love you. Appreciate you all so much. And while we're giving the thanks, um, of course, thank you to Matt and Spike for giving me a platform to come out here, talk about my opinions, my views, and, and my stances on things. And of course, an opportunity to bring on some pretty amazing guests. Tonight, we do have the one, the only, Natalie Bruno, the next governor uh, for Oklahoma. So we will be diving into sentencing reform, tying in that big puzzle piece into um, the rest of the criminal justice system that we've been talking about for so long. Um, so it's going to be an incredible night. But of course, we do have some housekeeping to get into. This is, of course, a Muddy Waters Media production, which means that you can find this episode and every other episode on Muddy Waters Media dot com and of course if you guys are watching us live on facebook youtube twitch twitter float there we go uh appreciate you so much thank you for liking the show for interacting for dropping those uh reactions for commenting if you're on a platform like facebook for for reacting to people's comments to uh commenting on people's comments and and liking those comments and and just genuinely interacting with one another as you guys are helping build this algorithm and making sure that the entire muddy waters team is hitting that algorithm hard and uh spreading the message of of good libertarian values and of course if you're not watching this live if you're listening to this after the after the fact you can always uh whatever podcast platform you're listening to thank you so much for doing so but if you do go over to anchor.fm you can subscribe over there that's going to be the biggest support that's going to be the biggest help but you can watch from or listen from anywhere and of course if you want to lean into the muddy waters team if you want to be a mudsketeer you can go on over to anchor.fm slash muddiedwaters slash subscribe for the low price of just uh, less than a cup of coffee a week. You too can help out this team. You can be uh, become a boss, be able to tell me what shows you want to see, what who which guests you want to have on and everything else so there's a good opportunity there as well as you're going to be getting exclusive content we've been pumping you guys up with uh spike cohen's uh discussion groups panels and speeches um from around the country so you're going to be able to lean in and get some stuff that no one else is going to be getting and we'll also be pumping out some beautiful uh content that is just for your ears only your eyes and ears only so make sure you guys get over to anchor.fm slash muddied waters slash subscribe get a part of the team and of course you want to merch you want the merch you want to help out brag about you guys know muddy waters media you guys want to help the team you can go over to muddywatersmedia.com slash store go buy your merch i will be rocking a lot of it in no time soon it's coming i promise you it's going to be a good time um i do have some beautiful amazing sp- Sponsors that we need to talk about. 
Jack Casey. The Royal Green series by Jack Casey. It's a story of authoritarians and revolutionaries, a young man and woman seeking independence and meaning in a kingdom on the brink of civil war. Romance, espionage, action, and psychological drama. Elements of horror and mystery and spirituality as well. Dark fantasy with a magical realism and libertarian overtones themes of forgiveness and redemption written by the author while undergoing his own journey to find liberty and his deep questions on his mind mm. make sure you guys get on over to the royal green give this man some love support this man help him out he is hashtag not a cult leader he's a great guy go help out jack casey uh and and check out his books uh fierce luxury High-end bag-end uh, and accessory consignment store based online, carrying the hottest brand like Louis Vuitton, Chanel, Gucci, and Hermes. Consigned with them for 30% fee, 20% less than most consignment stores. Find them online at FierceLuxuryByAshley.com. And on Facebook in their exclusive group, Fierce Luxury by Ashley. Get on over there and help them out. Um, this one, we're going to be throwing up live because I failed to do this beforehand, but... I have enough of it set up properly that it will. Holy smokes, it's huge. There we go. All right. And the newest uh, advertiser, the newest sponsor on this on, on this wonderful show, Monday Nights, uh, from Kelsey Lyon. Is graphic design is so much more than creating a logo or a business card. It's ensuring your brand is recognized no matter what type of collateral you put out, whether it's branding design or simple print. From a small business to political candidates, um, Kelsey Line can make your brand speak for itself. And, and, and to this effect, many of you have heard of the name Spike Cohen, and um, he has vouched for, for this woman. Um, many of you have heard of Joe Jorgensen, and she has vouched for, for this woman, Kelsey. So if you guys want to be like Spike and Joe running national campaigns, doing great things, get on over to KelseyLionDesigns.com and uh, make sure you guys drop the muddied waters in the subject line and she'll give you 10% off your first checkout. So get over there and help out uh, KelseyLionDesigns.com. Go support the sponsors, help them out. And it, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful... And, and, and yes, you guys are already pointing out. There is a little bit of nepotism in there, but I despite all of my stuff being produced or created by her it's more than just more than just me saying that she's she's good at what she does but without further ado i do want to bring on our guest because i'm sure she's bored in the background but i don't know why i'm saying but so much (laughs) (laughs) this last weekend we had this wonderful woman on uh the next governor of oklahoma she joined Matt Wright on Thursday night. Make sure you guys go back, check that out. This weekend, though, she had an amazing event. And she got a, a, a third person from the, the Muddy Waters team down there with her. Um, on Saturday, Natalie Bruno, the next governor of Oklahoma, the Oklahomies, if you will, had a, a, a wonderful event. And she's going to talk a little bit about that with us, um, but let's let's go ahead and bring her on. And I'm so excited, Natalie. How's it going tonight? Hey, I'm so. I just want to also say I also vouch for Kelsey. She did my logo and a lot of my stuff as well. So not only just Spike and Joe, she's also done my stuff. So 
I also vouch for Kelsey. There we go. We have she has we, questionable like dating slash yeah. marriage, oh, yeah. choices, but her graphic design is on point. I'm 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 I was I was a contender for uh in the libertarian disproportionate um what what was that group? Oh, people with disproportionately hot wives. Uh, yes, yes. I was my hat was thrown into the ring. Like I, I know it. I'm okay with this. <laughs> I I swung out way out of my league and and managed to reel one in. So I'm I'm satisfied with that. And so yes, another fantastic libertarian coming in to advocate for Kelsey LionDesigns.com. Appreciate that so much. But I want to talk about you. So you're doing something that a lot of people don't have the the nards for if you will if i can if i can use that reference <laughs> you're running for governor tell me how that's been for you you know obviously we're still a year out um but it's it's been pretty amazing so leading into this i you know obviously as an alternate party we expect to get quite a bit of pushback um but I was hoping in the back of my mind that all of the work that I've been doing in the community across Oklahoma for the last several years would help me out a little bit. and Maybe I wouldn't get quite as much backlash. And uh, it has proven true 10 times higher than I could have ever hoped and expected. Um, we are a little over a year out. So a year from next month, uh, we will have our election and I'm already getting media coverage. Um, I have already hit uh, fundraising wise more money than any libertarian gubernatorial candidate has raised previous to me. Uh, and we're still a year out. And just the reception that I have been receiving, um, Spike even had mentioned the amount of Republicans and Democrats that are supporting my campaign and saying that they might just you know, make the switch over to libertarian has been overwhelming. Yeah. And of course I still get, you know, hate messages and comments and stuff, but you know, that's just going to happen regardless. Yeah. Welcome <laughs> I, to politics. Running, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I could be running for something tiny and still get that. Um, but I have been overwhelmed with the amount of support that I'm getting, not only from my party, um, you know, independents, but from Democrats and Republicans as well. Uh, it's it's been really fantastic so far, and I'm really excited to see what the next year unfolds. We are so excited for you because it's so as you've already laid out, like your path already is unprecedented for a third party, let alone a libertarian candidate, and and you know having Republicans and Democrats actually say, "Let me give Natalie Bruno a look." let me actually look into the party like that is that is astronomical and i think that really does speak to um a lot of things that you were talking about on a thursday with matt Wright. like being that person within the community this is this is why those people are willing to 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 give you a second look and the party a, a first look potentially um so it's it's I appreciate everything that you're doing. I hope that, you know, you don't get too busy between now and then that you'll be able to come back to the show um, and, and hit some more of the Muddy Waters shows as well, because there is one that I'm going to, I'm going to put out there on blast right now that you got to get onto. And then of course that's, that's going to be Tuesday night with Spike and Matt. Um, so you got to, you got to keep your schedule open for that, but the opportunities for you to really change Oklahoma um, we're going to talk a little bit about the sentencing reform here in a little bit, but 
tell me a little bit so you guys were also having an event this weekend beyond just your campaign event but you also had uh, a protest um and it, it go ahead and fill us in on uh, fill the audience in on on how that went and and what you what the purpose and the intent of that one was yeah, so initially we had already planned, I had an event, which was an axe throwing event fundraiser on Friday, and then we had an event, um, a dinner for Saturday evening. And so I got with the state party because we work very, very closely together, and I said, hey, I'm bringing Spike in, I'm using him on Friday, and using him Saturday, and he told me that I can utilize all the time he's here, so I want to kind of, you know, allow us to do something for the state party as well. So we had thrown around doing like a Second Amendment march or something like that. Um, and then we had settled on um, doing a rally at the state capitol in support of abolishing the death penalty. Mm. Well, we got the permits and everything. And right as all of this, you know, was going into motion is whenever execution dates were set for um, seven individuals in our state. We have not actually had an execution since, I believe, 2016. Uh, because we had two botched executions back to back. And so um, all this time we had not had an execution and we got a brand new attorney general. And the first thing he does is starts up executions again. And one of which of those individuals is the national case Julius Jones that a lot of people have heard about. So we have all of these execution dates that are set up. Um, one of the individuals, Grant, he had his clemency hearing already and it was declined. His execution date is on Thursday. And so his execution is already set for that date. And then Julius Jones, the national case, um, if you guys haven't looked into it, look up Justice for Julius. He has documentaries. There are celebrities tweeting about him. Like this is a very huge yeah. national case. And so um, his clemency hearing is actually tomorrow. And so because of the fact that, you know, we had this date already picked, it was um, unfortunately, but fortunately, perfect, because yeah. it was directly before, you know, um, this clemency hearing that's coming up. And so what that was able, you know, allowed us to do was collaborate with lots of other groups. So we reached out to um, Ignite Justice, which is a, um, a nonprofit here that focuses on um, uh, jail conditions, prison conditions, over sentencing, lots of situations like that. There was also Oklahoma uh, Coalition Against People Abuse. They are also a criminal justice reform group. We also um, collaborated with Jimmy Lawson, who's actually a Democrat that's running for mayor. Um, who was the lifelong best friend of Julius Jones, and he came and spoke with us. So it really enabled us to have a uh, a party free because you know it's a nonpartisan issue. Yeah. The difficulty, there's so many issues out there that are important to us as libertarians that are also important to other groups and other parties, and that's one of the things that we're trying to focus on as well as finding those common threads, reaching out to those parties and saying, hey yeah, we're libertarian, you're Democrat, but this is important to both of us. So yeah. let's work together because the only way that we're going to make an impact and really make a difference is if we can learn to all work together towards common goals. So we had the rally. Um, it was fantastic. Great speakers. Spike spoke, obviously. He, of course, always does an amazing, amazing job. <laughs> um, we, we had a, a, a good turnout. 
And we got some news coverage on that that I shared on my page. Um, and then we also, um, of course, had the dinner. But yeah, so the, the rally was probably the thing that I was most um, looking forward to because the fact that I knew that it was an important statement. Um, because I get, I've already gotten a little bit of um, back, I don't want to say backlash for it. But Natalie, as a libertarian, why are you concentrating on an issue that's like so 50-50 and isn't going to get you elected? And I'm like, because the point is, obviously, yes, I want to get elected. And there are many of those points, you know, that are important to a bulk of the state that is also at my alley that I have a whole year to put a spotlight on. But this is important right now. It's important to me. It's important to 50% of the state. It's important yeah. to all the families who have individuals that are going to be killed by the government between next week and March. And what that does for Oklahoma is we've always kind of been number one per capita for executions, but now this puts us over, number one overall period for, for the year, for the amount of executions that we have scheduled. And no. uh, I don't know about other Oklahomans, but that's not something I don't want to be known for as no. a top ten state for. When I, I used to, I used to work full time in in politics and in at the grassroots level, and it was amazing to me because Oklahoma was the actual state that we used to say, "Look at what our criminal justice could be. Like this is how bad it could it can be." And and you look at the culture there, and as you said, it's a fifty fifty thing. We're 50% of your population is like, this is fine. This is okay. You you may even have advocates of saying, we're not strict enough. We're not, we're not bad enough. And, and so I think that it's amazing that you went out there and to, to find that commonality, to find that common ground with people to say, look, I, this is, this is my hill. I'm willing to give up everything to say that this is wrong and we need to take the stand. So, uh, for what it's worth, I'm applauding every bit of what you did this last weekend um, on the, in that effort. Um, and, and I'm glad to see that, you know, you're out there pursuing um, the other groups and, and everything else to, to bring everyone into the fold of, of finding that. And, and we need more people like that across this nation. Um, it's amazing what we can do by just having conversations with people rather than allowing our tribes or our parties or ideology to stand in the way. It's just say, look, you find the, the criminal justice system isn't working. I find that the criminal justice system isn't working. Let's work together. Let's find those things. And certainly the sentencing of the death penalty is certainly falls within the realm of what we're talking about tonight. Um, so it's, it's, it's amazing that that happened. I, I, I know when we scheduled this, it wasn't like, Hey, we're going to have this event and then we're going to, we're going to come on and talk about this. But serendipitously, this also functions in that way. So we can, we can use this guys. If, if you guys are in the chat, if you guys are in the audience, go check out the, the Julius Jones, go check it out, go raise your voice, raise your opinion on this. Um, and, and spread the word. Let's, let's, continue to make this a bigger national thing um because what's going on in oklahoma isn't right um being number one is is not good uh in, in these circumstances but i love what you love what you're doing on on those campaigns but i i do want to dive into the topic a little bit and i don't want to leave people with the um leave people stranded that may may not be too familiar with like what sentencing reform really is um so in your words or in your your view what is the current system how does the how does sentencing happen mm -hmm. um i just lost the screen um 
<laughs> how does how does sentencing work for through the criminal justice system and and kind of what are some of the big highlights there that that we as libertarians see uh, fault with absolutely so obviously there's a, a ton to unpack in just in what you just said right so when it comes to sentencing typically they're per every crime just super high level because obviously every single state's different and then you know everything else. But in general, what typically happens is based off of the crime, you have a general scope of what a sentence could look like. You have minimums, you have maximums. Um, sometimes in states like with us, there's like, you know, three strike rules where if you, if you, uh, sorry, you, you looked at me real quick, like you lost audio and I'm like, what? no, no, I'm, I'm um, just losing. I'm just having technical <laughs> issues over here. It's fine. It's muddy waters. It's, it's good. Fine. It's Monday. <laughs> Um, and, and I'm apparently a magnet for issues, just so you know. Oh, so, it's, it's sorry. Muddy Waters Curse plus Natalie Bruno. This is, this is going to be a train wreck of a show. It's going to be great. Train wreck. So anyways, uh, so there's a minimum and a maximum. And then within our state, you know, there's also three strike rules that, you know, change what the minimums are. So there's, that's kind of what the system looks like. So within Oklahoma specifically, we have a serious issue with over-sentencing. So I want to share a couple of stats with you just to show you just how bad our over-sentencing is. So we are number one consistently per capita for incarcerating women. We have jumped between number one and number two for um, highest incarceration rates overall. We sentence our nonviolent offenders 78% longer. Um, and then the stat that I learned most recently that I feel like is really a big zinger, yeah. as I like to call them, is if you look at the prison population nationally, about 2.9% have life sentences. In the state of Oklahoma, it's 125 12.5% of the prison population in our state has life sentences, okay? So you look at all of these characteristics all together, and anybody that's been in Oklahoma knows that we are a proud people, not as proud as our, our southern neighbors, Texas, um, but we are really a proud people, and we're, you know, good. We've got southern hospitality. We don't have more criminals. We don't have, you know, more heinous crimes, Okay. But we have this issue of like trying to be tough on crime or hard on crime, but statistics have shown over and over and over again that over-sentencing or harsh sentencing does not deter crime. No. If that was the case, since we're number one per capita in you know um, death penalty cases and incarceration rates or anything, like we should have like a golden state, have some of the best crime rates, but we don't. <laughs> like, no. we, you know, that's not how that works. You know, there's so many stats that show, you know, like if a child has a parent that's in jail, they're five times more likely to go to jail themselves. Like it's a, it's a cycle. And the amount of money that we spend, you know, with our department of corrections, and if you look at our budget, like it's just crazy. And I talk to people all the time. They're like, gosh, you know, you know, the only thing about learning taxes is school stuff now. I'm like, well, yeah, it's, have you looked at our budget? Like we are one of the highest taxed states. Like if you combine all our taxes, yeah. We're higher tax than California, yet we have the worst schools, the worst roads, worst, you know, prison system, like our jails are falling apart. And it's because, you know, if you just look at our criminal justice system alone, and that's what I'm trying to really focus on is like, guys, like we would have to release 12,000, 12,000 inmates to just be on par with everybody else. And if you do the math on that, considering that 
it costs almost $17,000 per year to house an inmate. And you multiply that out by 12,000. Oh, I mean, man. that's millions and millions and millions of dollars yeah. right there that we could reallocate to education or, you know, things that we want to spend money on. Like nobody wants to spend money on jails, like as taxpayers, like yeah. I don't. No, no, no. Every, everyone kind of wants it. That's the one thing that they're like, they begrudgingly pay for it. Well, they say like they had an option, but they're like, you know, it's one of the things that's, that's low on their priority list to pay for, um, you know, education, everything else is, is it. And, and you brought up some really, really interesting statistics. And so there's, there's two things I wanted to bring up. There's one that there was a study, um, that showed that regardless of whatever the sentencing was, right. It's more about the opportunities of people getting caught is going to be a determinant factor. in if they commit crimes, crimes, um, of course we can we can determine what is an actual crime of if there's a victim or not but <laughs> the sentencing doesn't change that and so oklahoma i think is a is a great example of how that's that's true right because you guys have some of the strictest sentencing out there for the same crimes that would be committed elsewhere and you guys actually have uh, based off of the, your numbers have a higher rate of, of crime than, than many other places. So it's, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a huge struggle there. And then also you, you brought up like children with parents that are incarcerated are five times more likely. And it's really interesting because I, I worked in the education um, sector for, for educational reform. And we were actually looking at children's third grade literacy rates to be able to figure out if they're determined to be destined to go to prison one day um, with a fair amount of certainty and so we are we are doing the, the biggest disservice in the way that we're sentencing in oklahoma and certainly across the country if what we're looking to do with our criminal justice system um is to you know protect victims or to protect people from from crimes to uh reform criminals to uh, allow them to come back into society once their sentences are done unless they're the 12 percent that that blows my mind that 12 percent 12.5 percent 12.5 percent that is an eighth one out of eight, eight inmates is a life sentence yes it's 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 sad and what's even crazier is so when we look at the death penalty right so one thing that I always like to bring up with people, because obviously the, the people who feel most passionately about keeping the death penalty are typically my very far right winged individuals, right? Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, you know, but no, I'm sorry, you know, wood chipper, you know, child molesters and this, that, and the other, or serial murderers and blah, blah, blah. And what I try to explain to people is those are not the people that get the death sentence, okay? People who have you know, absolute evidence. We had them on video shooting up a school or, you know, severe child molesters and stuff like that. They take plea deals because they know that there's no way out of it. So their attorneys get them plea deals and they end up with life. These are not the types of individuals that are getting executed. And especially when you look at like people like Julius Jones, right? So I'm not going to unravel like the whole case because (laughs) there's not enough time on your show (laughs) for that. But I will say that, enough of the evidence points towards his innocence, or I should say more points towards his innocence than his um, guilt. I'm one of the individuals that believe he is innocent. But what I try to explain to people, especially because we've been calling, we've been calling people to call Governor Stitt today and tomorrow, urging him to um, agree to the clemency, right? Or signing off on it. And the argument that I always tell them to explain is, 
we want like remove the fact of whether or not you think that Julius is innocent or guilty. Okay. Let's pretend for a second that he is. All right. The punishment still doesn't match the crime. It wasn't premeditated. It wasn't especially heinous. This is a situation where somebody was trying to steal a vehicle, shot somebody and they died. Okay. And they have a death penalty um, sentencing. Okay. By no means am I, I'm, I mean, if, if something were to happen to my husband or a loved one of mine and they would have gotten killed, obviously that's a horrible thing. What happened to Paul, Paul Howell's family, Yeah, but it didn't warrant a death penalty sentence, even yeah. if he did do it. And that's why I keep trying to urge people. He still deserves clemency and he still deserves to have, like he's been in jail for, or prison for over 22 years. Yeah. It, like, it's on on this point it's it's does the sentence right regardless on if you agree with it is it the right sentence for the crime if they were found guilty um right. and that's that's incredibly important whenever we're we're having this conversation i just wanted to highlight that for for anyone out there yeah thank you i appreciate that but yeah so that's one of the things that i try to explain as well because there's so many of these cases that are so <laughs> so messed up and mismanaged and so like here's another couple of examples of uh, our sentencing issues and the inconsistencies. So two things I would like to bring up. So one of which is um, first time sentence or first time offenders for domestic violence versus drug charges. Okay. We have the same minimums for a first time domestic violence individual, like somebody physically harming somebody as someone with just drug possession. So I could physically hurt somebody and have the same sentence as somebody that got busted with, you know, let's say pot without a medical card, because obviously we have medical marijuana here, but it's the same thing. So how does that make sense? Like we have, like, there's no common sense no. with how we're sentencing people. We have another individual. So um, Keith Brown. So ever since I've gotten into the spotlight kind of, of criminal justice reform, people message me all the time and tell me stories about, you know, their loved ones that are, you know, wrongfully, you know, convicted or over sentenced and stuff like that. So um, there was a gentleman named Keith Brown, his sister reached out to me, right? And so when he was 17 years old and he was involved in an armed robbery, um, he shot the person, the person lived, okay? They did not die, the person lived. Um, in the state of Oklahoma at the time, you had, if you intended to uh, charge a minor as an adult, you had to have the um, preliminary hearing within 90 days. At 181 days, he had his preliminary hearing and they charged him as an adult hmm. and they gave him a, a life sentence with that. He didn't even kill anybody. He is still in jail right now. He has been, oh my gosh, I'm going to misquote the amount of years. I think he's been in for, for almost 19 years now. Like it's been a substantial amount of time. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I might be getting my, my time is up, but it's a substantial no, yeah. amount of time. Yeah. And the person didn't even die. But yet we have an individual that was recently charged with multiple acts of rape against a child, and he just got sentenced in seven years. How does that make sense? No, it, it, it yeah. No, it, it never does. And, and like the most frustrating part of whenever we dive into these specific cases of what's happening in, in criminal justice systems is we find all too often where the side of the law 
doesn't follow the law and and certainly with your case of of, uh, that you were just mentioning right 90 days is the cutoff they went to 181 so more than double that time and they're just Mm -hmm. like it's fine it's 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 a clerical error we can move on with life it's like no no no, the the the, but yeah no we have to have whenever we're talking about sentencing we have to have the discussion is this is the the punishments proportional and and when we talk about you you spoke about how there's a minimum sentencing like a a mandatory minimum and then a maximum and it's like the maximum should be for the most egregious person who like you know had premeditated this went through with the plan and knocked it out right Mm -hmm. versus the minimum where it's like this is clearly not somebody who intended to have this happen etc cetera, etc cetera. and and so we have to have those conversations and i think that all too often whenever you have an attorney general like what you're talking about they're out for blood they're not out there for they're out there to make a name for themselves they're out there to to get to higher offices they're out there not in the pursuance of of having a a, a criminal justice system that's going to reign with justice and and what that truly means I, you're breaking my heart with these stories. I'm I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> uh, I, I could go. I mean, it would it would blow your mind the stories that I get. One of the um, things that I'm doing as well, which um, if you're in Oklahoma and you are listening to this broadcast today, um, I actually have a petition about it on my website at electnataliebruno.com. Um, it's under uh, if you go under more, it's called Joshua's Law. So it's I'm putting together a petition right now um, to help to try to get um, a bill written about phone calls. So let's go back to children again, okay? So the more connection that inmates can have with their family, it has been proven that it not only helps the behavior of the inmates, they behave better, less issues all around, it also helps the family members and the children who did not break the law, that did not do anything wrong, and they're equally being punished, okay? Regardless of what their parent is in prison for, whether it's drug charges or worse, they still need that connection to their parents and their loved ones. Yeah. And the company that the Department of Corrections utilizes to take care of inmate phone calls, which a lot of these use, first of all, they've been recently sued and had to pay out millions of dollars for recording phone calls between clients and attorneys, which is obviously illegal. Yeah. But they charge outrageous amounts. So a 15-minute phone call can range anywhere from $10 to $15 for one 15-minute phone call. And when you take into consideration in the state of Oklahoma, that 75% of families who have a parent that is incarcerated make $25,000 a year or less, that's a substantial amount of money. Yeah. I have literally, you know, wives that are like, so upset that the fact that they can like their children get a good test result or something and they want to talk to their father or or mother that's incarcerated but they can't afford to call them until payday because there's no way that they can afford that extra 10 to 15 dollar phone call Mm. i mean and then even if you have inmates that have work right the um the minimum wage for inmates in state of oklahoma is five cents an hour like can you imagine how many hours it would be to accumulate enough money to put <laughs> in for a phone call. Yeah. I mean, an email is 25 cents. Like it's, it's outrageous. And it's something that needs to stop. Definitely. Um, I don't believe 
We don't pay for single phone calls anymore. We don't pay for long distance. You pay a monthly rate and that's it. You know, like I feel like that it's that we should not be charging families to be able to stay in contact with their loved ones behind bars. Yeah. So I'm putting forth trying to get a bill written uh, to support that. There, there. We do have a question from the chat: Is yeah. uh, do prisons or sheriffs get money from those phone calls? Um, so, yes, ish. So, what happens is, is with this specific contract, um, they have a contract out until 2023, and as part of that contract, to allow them to have it, they get paid 3.2 million dollars a year. Ooh. The Department of Corrections does to allow this company to manage the Department of Corrections phone calls. So yes, they do. So you can imagine if they're getting a kickback back to the state of $3.2 million, you can just imagine what they're making off of the inmates and their families. Mm. It, and and certainly this whole conversation we're, we're, we're diving into now just says that we need to have a discussion about prison reform itself and how right we have a punitive system how do we what does a rehabilitative system look like how does a system that works towards helping give guidance for inmates to for when they do leave if they're not one in eight for oklahoma um you know but so many of these these inmates are coming back out into society how do we we give them a good structure and how do we give them a good guidance to to come forward on that and how do we allow them to stay connected to their to their families to be there for their kids be there for for uh you know as as we discussed as you discussed the julius uh jones situation the concern of how many people are in the Oklahoma prison system right now that did not commit a crime, how many people maybe did some wrongdoing, but are not guilty of the crimes that they've been accused of. Um, and, and I can tell you, oh, <laughs> well, somewhat. Like, <laughs> yeah, here we, we go again. Here's some more sets. So side note, I also want you guys to look up Richard Glossop. He is also another case that's turning national. That is a person that's on death row right now. That's also presumably innocent. Uh, but he, his case is even stronger than Julius's on his innocence. Um, but since 1976, I, we have had 132 people get life sentence, uh, excuse me, um, death penalty um, sentences. And there has already been 10 that have been removed because they were found innocent. And that doesn't even include um, exonerations. So that means we are over 7% on the amount of people when it comes to death penalty convictions. Outside of that, I mean, we have a very long history of, um, you know, police and um, DAs, uh, you know, planting evidence and uh, misleading counts. I mean, there's just like, you can do just a five second Google search and find like so much stuff. And that's another argument that I always have is that guys are criminal, like we, we have a very broken system here. Yeah. And so until we're at a point where we're batting hundred percent, which is not anytime soon, we have no business putting somebody else's life in our hands. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, and to go to the, to the death sentencing real quick, because mm -hmm. as much as we hate this, in my state, we have not had somebody get executed in, I want to say since 1996, they just recently Congress or the general assembly just passed and, and it got signed by the governor to bring back firing squads because in our state we're required to have two available processes. Mm -hmm. And because they would not give uh, chemical producers 
or the producers of the chemicals, um, legal protections and, and liability protections. Um, nobody wanted to produce that drug. So they, they had the electric chair and they had lethal injection as opportunities. And they were like, well, just give me a lethal injection. And then of course, nobody was getting executed during these times. So they've given now a, a second option of you can choose the chair or you can be killed by a firing squad, which is archaic and and inhumane and directly against the constitution yeah like the amendment yeah so is so we now have this being passed here in south carolina in order to have this and and you know speaking of the innocent people that's you cannot this is not something that's reversible so until like you said until we're batting a hundred percent and it's guaranteed i would much rather see inmates be serving a life sentence who mm-hmm. were guilty than to have a single individual be killed who was innocent of those crimes and and also for for those of you who are fiscal conservatives um or fisc- fiscally conservative not fiscal conservatives but <laughs> fiscally conservative um when it comes to the funding it is it costs less to have somebody be in prison who did heinous crimes who did murdered multiple people it it costs less to keep them in prison than to execute them three times it costs three times more money to give someone the death penalty than it is to give them a life sentence and that equates to about seven hundred thousand dollars at least in the state of oklahoma i should say seven hundred thousand dollars it's astronomical and and so if you have a friend out there that is in favor of the death penalty, say, Hey, how do you feel about balancing the checkbook? (laughs) (laughs) You know, and and what I bring it down to is, okay. So you say that you want to kill people because there's some people that deserve the death penalty, which I totally, like I said, I agree with that. Yeah. If I ever found somebody uh, physically hurting my children, like a child molester or something, we wouldn't have to send them to jail because I wouldn't take care of it on my own. Right. Yeah. So, I agree, but again, those are not the people who get the executions because they get plea deals, okay? Literally, you look in your state, if your state is a death penalty state, and it is extremely rare that one of those cases actually gets the death penalty, all right? Because it saves them money to just say, hey, if you if you say you're guilty, because obviously you have all the evidence against you, we'll be nice and we'll just give you a life sentence without parole, and they take it, okay? It doesn't save anybody any money. That's another fallacy. Uh, they think that it saves money by executing someone, but it doesn't. Nope. It does not deter crime. Case study after case study after case study has been proven that that is not true. So after all of those things, we're looking at it as just an emotional and revenge situation. Yes. And I am sorry, but I have yet to run into a single individual who has lost a loved one that has somehow felt better or had their loved one come back after having their killer executed it doesn't happen if anything if it were me i wouldn't want them to get out easy i would want them to have to rot in jail for the rest of their life think about what you did for the rest of your life every day Mm -hmm. that you're sitting in those cells going insane know that you're in there for what you did and and absolutely i'm i'm 100 on there and if we could save one innocent person that's the thing too if if me letting that person stay alive stuck behind bars could potentially save an innocent person i think there's value in that too yeah Oof. yeah no i i think we ended there <laughs> it's 
we have to i think as a society we have to have that conversation though right Mm -hmm. because you just laid out every justification that people would have for keeping the death penalty in place and and maybe maybe it's just because libertarians are the grown-ups in the room but (laughs) i don't know it depends on which libertarians you're around no i'm just kidding yeah no you're you're absolutely right (laughs) i i instantly regret my decision on saying that but (laughs) But because we do have that that kind of, we Common don't want to have the emotional response. We have to logically think things through. It doesn't give people closure. Mm-hmm. Watching somebody else be killed, it doesn't give you the closure that you need. It's not going to bring your loved one back. It's not going to. It's not going to unrape, you know, those children. It's not going to undo all that harm that you're. You're still going to have to bear that brunt, and then you're just going to know that that person got off early, got off easy, and and certainly because of the constraints that are put in place and i think the rightfully so right we don't want people to suffer as as they're being executed because of again innocent people that would be suffering through this but it's it's the easy route no let them sit there give people the opportunity give innocent people the opportunity to to be exonerated you spoke about how many people just in your seven percent you said over seven percent over like 7%. 7.34 or something like that oh. over seven percent I usually I'm really give bad this... at memorizing decimals, so that's why I'm just like over seven percent. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> it, like usually I give the statistic of one percent, right? If you can have one innocent person, then then that's good enough to to save it. But you're talking about seven, like this is insane. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma, you guys got to fix your stuff, and that's why you got you have to you have to come along and and of course vote for Natalie Bruno next year. So everyone, go ahead, move over to to Oklahoma. Um, First gold state, I'm telling you, it's going to happen. It was funny, though, because I did speak when uh, Larry Sharp was here this weekend, because obviously Spike and Larry flew in uh, to help me kick off my campaign weekend. Uh, I actually, um, we had discussed who was going to actually get to be the first libertarian governor. And so we established that if we both win, I still get to call be called the first one because my campaign started first. So just throwing that out there, we we established that, we established that deal. Since I announced my candidacy first, I get to be called the first libertarian uh, governor. Uh, Did you just drop news for everybody that maybe- No, I didn't. It was a hypothetical. I didn't drop news. Okay. All right. (laughs) I was going to say, I was going to get excited, but- um, No, no, no. I didn't drop news. We'll wait for the news to drop. If, it, yeah. if it's coming hypothetically no hypothetically but we did say if he runs because they were like oh if he runs he's gonna win i'm like and then he'll be the first one i'm like no still gets to be me because yeah. be <laughs> no for sure and and i i'm just i'm still blown away by your your ability to bring people into the fold that otherwise other libertarians let's 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 as we talk about being the grown-ups in the room we are children when it comes to the tribalism in so many different ways and so many faucets we we see people in red or we see people as blue but you've been able to to look past that and i think that that's going to be a great opportunity for you to to really make a a large impact in oklahoma uh the oklahomies are going to love you as their new governor and i'm going to keep dropping oklahomies i know i (laughs) you're not wrong like you're not wrong it's funny because there was a debate last week on twitter i think about is it oklahomans or oklahomies or okies and i'm like well all of the above it just depends (laughs) all of them are correct answers so um, i like it no i I'm excited too. And one of the things that I'm, I'm hoping will continue to benefit me is my regular nine to five is I'm a marketer and an advertiser. So my normal job is customizing messaging to match the audience. 
And so that is one thing I've really, really tried to do. I've tried to take our libertarian values, which are very common sense values, yes. right? Like I tell people all the time when, when someone calls me a, um, an idealist or something like that, I'm like, how bad is, of a world are we in that common sense politics is me being an idealist? Like that's just crazy, right? Um, but taking that message and crafting it in a way to where it makes sense to the person receiving it. So being in a very red state, when I talk about the death penalty, for example, um, I push on the points of it's three times more expensive, or I touch on the points because we are, we love the constitution here, man, we are all about it. And so I point out the fact that it's unconstitutional, you yeah. know, so it's like, I'm like, I'm so for the constitution that I believe in the constitution in all of its glory, including the fact that the death penalty is unconstitutional. So, yeah. I mean, it's just all about just crafting it in a way to where, you know, to where they get it and they can appreciate it. And, and it gives me the opportunity to explain it. <laughs> and then uh, and it usually ends up pretty well. I mean, I mean, there's been very, to be honest with you, the only people that I have had con actual conversations with that I couldn't get anywhere with were ones that said that finally in the end, they couldn't vote for me because I'm a woman and women shouldn't be leaders. And then at that point, I was like, uh, we're not going anywhere yeah. here. You, you, yeah, yeah, there's some people you just can't change. Yeah, you just... That's so, <laughs> so when you get elected to be governor, um, yes. because I'm sure campaigning is going to be incredibly busy. So once you're elected to be governor and you're kind of kicking back because libertarians do that, um, when is the workshop on how to get libertarians elected in all 50 states? Um, <laughs> well, tonight, actually. So one thing I always try to do is, you know, I, I love giving back, right? Obviously, a philanthropist. So actually, right after this, I have a Zoom call for Google Analytics for politics, teaching candidates and campaign staff how to utilize UTM codes and uh, tracking pixels to measure data and then taking that and, and making more cost-efficient campaigns because obviously we don't have all the packs and super packs and stuff that the R's and the D's do, right? So we have to choose to use our money more efficiently. So I'm trying to help others take the data that they get from their website and from the, the people that they reach out to and help use that data to reach more people while spending less money. Oof. So, so while we're talking about money, um, you, you've said you've been raising, you've hit your fundraising goals and everything else, but you've got a year left. You need to raise some money. A what, lot of money. People love I, you. People adore you. You're going to be the first governor that is part of the Libertarian Party. Where do people go to, in order to, to make it rain on your campaign? Awesome. Well, <laughs> uh, first of all, um, I need people to follow me on Twitter specifically. So Facebook and Twitter, I don't even care if you're in Oklahoma, it doesn't matter, right? Algorithms, the more you interact, you were touching on it earlier, the more people interact and follow you, the more important that the interwebs think that you are, therefore they put yourself out there more, right? And I was never really a Twitter person. So when I, I don't started, blame you. When I, when I started getting involved with Twitter, I had like 400 people or something, 300 people. Now I'm up to like 950 thanks to Spike, you know, interacting with all my stuff. But it's still really pitiful numbers, right? So I need all the love. Even if you cannot donate money to my campaign, at least like and follow, share it with your friends, tell them to like and follow, right? That's the easiest thing that you can do. I also need volunteers. Again, whether you're in Oklahoma or not, there are things that you can do that you do not physically have to be here for. 
and I need all of the support and people that I can get. So two easy things that don't even cost anything, right? But your time. Uh, so lastly, yes, I do need money. So my goal by the end of my campaign will to have been to will be to have hit six hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. Okay because that is what you need as a gubernatorial candidate in order to be successful. That's just the way it is. Yeah. And that is me. Like I built my own website. That's how lean I am being. Okay. So, um, that's very important. So please go to elect nataliebruno.com. Okay. There's a nice little yellow donate button in the top right corner. Uh, click donate, whatever you feel comfortable with. I'm totally stealing a line that spike said multiple times where he said, I like to say, that uh, donate until it hurts, but actually uh, donate how much you want to be free. And I was like, ooh, I like that. I like that. So donate as much as you want to be free to my campaign. Help me become the first libertarian governor. I um, am working very hard. I'm a great candidate and I would be a great face for the rest of the party. And keep in mind, again, even if you're out of state, it still is valuable to you to help make sure I get elected because once one of us becomes governor, it becomes a domino effect and they see, wow, libertarianism works, they're winners, they are able to win big offices, and then it benefits everybody. So yes. me winning benefits everyone. Yes. And you get to beat, um, nope, just lost his name. I almost said Larry <laughs> Sharp. Yeah, Larry Sharp, there we go. Yeah, and yeah, you get to well, beat Larry right? Sharp, there we go. Oh. And until I run out of thank you cards, I've been I've been writing thank you cards to every single person that has donated to my account, even a dollar, so, which was tough. And there was one person, it was funny, um, I was eating Oreo cookies while I was doing it, and I couldn't find my little water deal, so I was actually looking envelopes, so somebody was like, it looked like there was Oreos in my, and I was like, yeah. I yeah, remember what day that was. <laughs> oh, man, oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So three great ways that people can help out your campaign. And that's incredibly important. So I did drop those into the chat, guys. So Twitter, um, find her at Natalie Bruno. Um, and of course, electnataliebruno.com. Make sure you guys get over there to help Natalie set this entire nation free. Yes. Um, I know that you wanted to hop off here a little bit early because you do have your Google call coming up, but, uh, any last, I still minute... have a couple minutes. If you anybody do? has questions, I was going to give you, uh, yeah, I was going to give you like a last minute plug, um, or if any okay. questions come in. Yeah. Um, no, um, last minute plugs. Like obviously we had a great weekend. Um, we are going to have continuous other events coming up. I am planning. So mark it on your calendar. The weekend right before Valentine's Day, which I believe is February 11th, 12th, or 12th, 13th, something like 12th, that. 12th, 13th. Yep, 12th, 13th. Um, you think I had some good speakers come in this weekend? Oh, just you wait. I'm not going to spoil it. Um, but I have some great people coming in, and we're going to have a giant fundraiser rally, and I'm calling it for the love of liberty. And it's going to be it's going to be amazing. So mark your calendars. Be right, save up your tax refund whenever you get it, when they give you some of your taxes back from stealing it from you. Um, so that way you can come and, uh, you know, put on there to come to Oklahoma because it's going to be something that you don't want to miss. Question from the chat. Um, have we raised enough to get you on the poll? So we operate a little bit differently here in Oklahoma. We don't have like a state election debate committee or anything. They're done by different entities. So there really isn't, a magic number to that. But I will tell you a benefit that I have because I'm in marketing and advertising. I handle a lot of advertising dollars for the broadcast companies, the newspapers and stuff. So it makes sense to them financially 
to uh, not exclude me from the debates or be unfair. So I'll just put that out there. I'm not worried about that as much as a normal libertarian would be. You've, I've, I think you got this in the bag. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to 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 be like I I had her on before she was governor. Um, yeah, I I'm I'm blown away by everything that you're doing. This conversation tonight yeah. is is the start of a of of an incredibly important one. I'm excited to see how you're going to impact Oklahoma. But this is a conversation, of course. We dove in tonight to just to to the conversation, mostly centered around a little bit more around Oklahoma and a little bit of the the principles around it and why those are bad. But this is just the beginning, guys. We're going to continue on. We're going to keep having these conversations and change and set people free in our lifetimes for the right reasons, for the right causes and on the right principles. Um, so I, I want to thank you, Natalie, um, so much for coming on. I know you've been incredibly Thanks busy. For having me. Yeah. The, you, you posted your schedule for like this weekend and I was like, I, I, I don't know how you, you, you're like, you know what? Let's just throw Jason on the list too. Um, right. I mean, I'll sleep when I'm dead. I'm- yeah. Yeah. It's not like you're campaigning or anything. So, but I want to thank you so much for coming on and you're always more than welcome. If you ever want to come back, you're just drop me a line. I will love to have you come on. We'll talk more about the criminal justice system, maybe that prison reform um, idea. And, um, but with that, any last, 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 last minute things. Okay. Perfect. Nope. I said all I needed to say, just need those actions. Three things, guys. You can do at least one of the three things. Yes. Make sure you give her the follow up, give her the retweets, give her the likes. Make sure you guys are also volunteering. Go get go get activated. Like becoming an activist is the easiest thing because you're already passionate about it. You're already listening to boring old Jason with amazing guests. You might as well put it into motion. Let's go. <laughs> but with that, I, I hope you have a great night, Natalie. And uh, I'm going to let you go. So I appreciate you so much. Thank you. And I'll see you again here soon. Bye, everybody. All right, chat. Uh, and there we go. And um, so, guys, what an incredible conversation. Make sure you guys are getting out there. Make sure you guys are helping out Natalie. Show her some love. Give her some support. Um, that's that's all that I can ask of you on that. But the sentencing reform, yes. You guys can see she laid out a couple examples tonight. Um, she gave us some some things to think about. The sentencing process that we have, oftentimes we have over-sentencing. And in some cases, right, she highlighted rape cases where those are being under-sentenced. So we have to get involved, we have to get engaged, and we have to make changes. This is what's going to be incredibly important for, for, for the future of our country and the future of our criminal justice system. I wish I could hear you, but I have five strikes in a row. All right, Ryan Bedford's got five strikes in a row. So, so with that, we got we got to hop off. But, but guys, um, I want to thank you guys all for for coming out, and hanging out. The rest of the week is lined up with some heavy hitting, great content, of course, from Muddy Waters Media. If you guys tune back in tomorrow night uh, with the the one, the only uh, Spike Cohen and Matt Wright, man on the left, um, they're gonna have a great time. Muddy Waters Media traversing the muddy waters um we're gonna have a good time with that wednesday night spike cohen coming on for my fellow americans and thursday night we're gonna have matt Wright with the writer's block fantastic lineup of course and of course of course of course of course friday nights from bayou's igloos we've got eskimo libertarian and cajun libertarian coming on 
to chat it up with you guys, talking about the current events of what's going on. So plenty of things to sign up for, plenty of things to get involved with. So make sure you guys have the notifications turned on. Hit the notification bell if, you, if you've got it on the your your preferred platform. Make sure you guys are helping support the streams as they're coming through. I appreciate, love you all so very much. But with that, you guys have a great night, and I'll see you guys next week where I will be having on the one, the only, Mr. Sean Grijalva. We'll be talking a little bit about veteran issues. So it'll be a good time. Stay tuned. We'll see you guys soon. Stay free. Stay well. Be good.